we're going to continue in our revival series. I get the great pleasure of introducing up our awesome senior pastor. Can we give her a hand, guys? Let's give her a hand. Thank you. Thank you so much, Adele. How, how is everybody this morning? Are we good? We forgot to mention that there is cake after the service, so don't go anywhere. Who wants to go out there anyway? We're going to stay in the house, eat cake and drink coffee until it stops. So praise Jesus. So we're meant to be starting... Uh, an Empower series today and um, what it means to be empowered to serve God, what it means to truly find life, what it means to serve God with passion, with with joy. Um, But we're going to start that next week and Pastor Adele is going to be kicking us off next week. But I really feel we've been doing our revival series and I really feel that God's not done yet that we're going to continue on and it's really he's only just getting started in what he wants to do in and through us as individuals and as a church. And so uh, last week we were reminded of how real the spiritual battle actually is. The battle that takes place in the spiritual realm is, uh, and we read about it in Daniel, didn't we? And uh, just the battle that takes place and the power of prayer as well. We talked about the power of prayer. And so we launched a prayer meeting uh, just this past Wednesday, right here at the Horwell, right here. The power of God dropped, buckling of the knees. Uh, Joyce couldn't get up. We had to help her get up. She'll probably tell me off for saying that, but she's not here, so that's all right, unless she listens back later. Uh, But um, we encourage you, if you can make it here, it's going to be fortnightly, Wednesday mornings at 9am. We prayed over the chairs. We went around the building, and uh, we're in the foyer, and we're just breaking strongholds, and we want to reach our community. We want to see revival in our heart first and in the lives of those around us. It's so key and so important. And tomorrow, who's ready for seven days of prayer and fasting? Have you prepped yourself? Come on, church. Are you with us? That was pretty lame. Who's ready for seven days of prayer and fasting? So if you've got any underlying medical conditions, I think that's me. Nah, uh, be smart about it. Uh, you know, we're not saying you have to do it. Please be smart. If you can fast a meal, you can uh, do the Daniel fast, even fruit and veg, whatever it may be. Uh, but we are joining together um, to, to just see uh, God move, to see every knee bow and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And, you know, with all this stuff that's happening with COVID as well, we need to rise up as believers and Christians and we need to get praying. And so what I'm asking, even if you don't fast, if you can stop at 12 noon, wherever you are, at your office desk, uh, driving in the car, vacuuming the floors, whatever it is, just stop at 12 noon and just pray for a few minutes if you can for our church, for your families, for our city, for our nation, for the world. Is that all right? So we're starting that tomorrow. I've got to brace myself. I've got to get ready. The chocolate and the salt and vinegar chips uh, need to go. In Jesus' name, they are from the devil. <laughs> Amen. So where am I? Um, so, so this morning I want to teach a little bit about a little bit more about uh, the Holy Spirit and the book of Acts as well. You know, I've heard someone say that the book of Acts is often referred to as Acts of the Apostles, but really it should be referred to as or be called the Acts of the Holy Spirit because that is what it's really about. And last week we spoke a little bit about it. We laid hands on people. We prayed for people. Some people got baptised in the Holy Spirit. Pretty awesome. But we're going to go a little bit deeper this morning. And then at the end of the service, I don't think I've got much time to actually speak. So I've got to motor along. But that's all right. Maybe if you can jump up at 10 past, give me five more minutes. That'll be awesome. Um, And at the end of the service, we're going to share communion together. All right. 
And so, you know, last week we could clearly see that being baptised in the Holy Spirit is a key part of our Christian walk. It's so very integral. You know, God uses both men and women, both men and women to fulfil his purpose on this earth. To, and, and it's to those that are empowered, those that are filled, those that are anointed, those that are overflowing with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit doesn't discriminate against gender. You know, we do have male and female in the kingdom of God. I know the world are making up some of their own stories and and I probably should be very careful what I'm saying right now is it going into the big wide net. But there's male and female in God's kingdom. We do have genders and the Holy Spirit is poured out upon all people, male and female. You know, the Holy Spirit doesn't discriminate against gender. The Holy Spirit does not discriminate against age. It says the Holy Spirit is poured out uh, upon the, the young and the old. It's poured out upon all people. It was a gift given to every single believer, every single person. It was a gift that our Heavenly Father promised to us. And he was good on his promise. You know, God's a man of his word. Don't you just love someone that just says they're going to do what they say they're going to do? I love those people. And I try to be one of those people. I don't always get it right. I know you're thinking, Mel, you told me last week you said you'd do this. I love people. God is a man of his word. His word, it's like 24 karat gold. You can trust in it down to the nth degree. It's so accurate. You know, and it's obviously very integral that we receive this gift of the Holy Spirit because Jesus told his disciples, do not go anywhere until you get this gift. He said, don't go anywhere. In Acts chapter 1 verse 5, it says, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait here until you receive the gift I told you about, the gift the Father has promised. For John baptised you in water, but in a few days from now, you will be baptised in the Holy Spirit. Don't go anywhere. Stay right where you are until you receive this gift. In fact, before Jesus floated up to heaven, can you picture that? He literally floated up to heaven and disappeared in a cloud. Can you imagine if you saw that? But, you know, his very last words to his disciples before he floated up to heaven and disappeared into a cloud, these are the Bible's words. This is what it says. In Acts 1.8 it says, But I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be filled with power and you will be my messenger to Jerusalem throughout Judea, the distant provinces, even to the remote places on earth. You know, we live in one of the most remote places on earth. That's us. Western Australia, Perth City, northern suburbs, Padbury, one of the remote places ever. That is us. But these are the last words that Jesus spoke. He said, don't go anywhere. You will be filled with power. You need to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's obviously very important they got this gift to do what God was calling them to do. They needed it to do. It was obviously so integral. He was very specific and very clear about it. And what God was calling them to do was to preach the gospel to the ends of the earth. And it's important that we get it too. Not only that we get it, but that we unwrapped, that we unwrap the gift that he has given to us. That we use it, that we access it, that we are led by it, that we interact with the Holy Spirit. You know, I know what it's like to give a really good gift to someone and them not use it. You know, we purchased our two boys, they're nine and ten now, but this was a few years ago. We purchased them some really good bikes, 
top of the range bikes. We know a guy. <laughs> Everyone knows a guy. We know, but we do know a guy that works at a bike shop. And, uh, and we got these bikes for a really good price. And they, they're mints. Like, they're top of the range. Uh, but the issue was is they sat in our garage for like forever. They just sat there. And myself and Jacob, we grew up pretty sporty. We, we, you had to like, we, you know, our parents had to call us in. Our kids are out there five minutes. They're like, can we come inside now? <laughs> and uh, and we, we're just like, well, we were devastated. It's like, they're, they're such awesome bikes. Why, why aren't they riding them? They're amazing. I wish I had one. And then we remembered that we had to actually teach them how to ride a bike. <laughs> and so uh, we said, no more Xbox until you learn how to ride a bike. And, uh, but once they got the hang of it, they're like, this is amazing. This is so much fun. Why didn't you tell us about this before? Why didn't you make us do this before? This is awesome. We love it. And now it gives me so much joy to watch my kids uh, you know, go off to school on their bikes and their scooter and I stand from the front door in my pyjamas <laughs> and wave them goodbye. But it brings me so much joy to use the gifts that we have given them. When I think about God and I think about the Holy Spirit and the gift that he's given us as well and I, and I wonder if we're tapping into the gift as much as he would like. I wonder if we're bringing him joy it brings me joy now to see my kids on these bikes just riding them up and down the street. I love it. I wonder, I wonder if we're tapping into the Holy Spirit, walking in the fullness of it, bringing our Father, our Heavenly Father, so much joy because he gave us this gift that he promised us. I wonder if we're walking in the fullness of it as a church and as individuals. Are we? I don't know. I wonder these things. There's always more with God, isn't there? There's always so much more. I wonder how many things we can name that we are doing in our lives that we wouldn't be able to do without the Holy Spirit. How many things can we name that we are doing that we wouldn't be able to do without the Holy Spirit? We have to ask ourselves that question. What are we doing that we couldn't do without the Holy Spirit? Because Jesus said you need the Holy Spirit, you need the power of the Holy Spirit to fulfill what I've called you to. And are we unwrapping the gift? Are we using it? Are we accessing it in our everyday lives? This third person of the Trinity, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, three but one. He's a person of the Trinity. And so after Jesus said to his disciples, wait here, do not go anywhere until you receive this gift, uh, from there you had 120 disciples. And, you know, disciples aren't the elite. We, we can't disqualify ourselves, okay? It's like, oh, well, they were the disciples of Jesus. If you're a believer in this room, you're a disciple also. If you're a follower of Christ, you're a disciple. We can't disqualify ourselves. And so they went into a 10-day pre-meeting and, 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 and that's how they waited. I wish we had done 10 days of fasting and prayer and seven, seven days. If you want to add an extra three, go for it. But they went into a 10-day prayer meeting. That's what they did, 10 days, a, a prayer meeting. And then the day of Pentecost came, the gift they had been waiting for. And we read about it in Acts chapter 2, verse 1. 
On the day Pentecost was being fulfilled, all the disciples were gathered in one place and suddenly they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was all anyone could bear. Can you imagine? I mean, I was, while Adele was talking, I'm just like, man, this build, building's rocking. But you can imagine, like, more than we could bear. Yeah, right. And it's the Holy Spirit. Some of us might think, well, that's the devil. The roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was all anyone could bear. Then all at once a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes and it separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned. You know, speaking in tongues is in the Bible. And if you think it's weird, it's because it is weird. It was weird then and it's weird now. But it doesn't matter what we think. We might think it's weird, but who cares what we think? It's not about what we think. It matters what God is doing. And it matters how God is doing it. That's what matters. Who cares what we think? It doesn't matter. I've got my own opinions and mindsets and and different things, but it doesn't matter what I think. It matters what he thinks. And God can do whatever he wants. Why? Because he's God and we are not. I have to remind myself of that. He is God and we are not. And he's not limited by our thinking. He's not limited by our mindsets. He's not limited by our opinions. You know, the first disciples were ridiculed when they first began to speak in tongues. The Bible says that that people poked fun at them. They teased them and they accused them of being drunk. And Peter's response is hilarious. He's like, how can they be drunk? It's 9am in the morning. That was his reasoning. But anyway, separate issue. It doesn't matter what we think. It matters what others, or and it doesn't matter what others think either. It matters what God is doing and how he is doing it. You know, I was brought up a Catholic, as most of you know, and I had my own ideas about what a born-again Christian is. And it wasn't a positive thing. It was, and I don't know where I, how I formed my opinion, uh, and I, I don't think I met any a born again Christian growing up. At least I don't think so. Maybe Mum can tell me a different story, but I just knew that they were a little weird. That's what I thought. I thought those born again Christians, they're radical, they're fanatical, and they're is fanatical a word? And they're weird. And and uh, and I remember not long after I'd got saved. Um, I got radically saved and touched by God down at Teen Challenge in Esperance. I'd been in, I'd arrived on the 21st of February 2001 and on the 27th of February 2001 I gave my heart to Jesus Christ. And, and I, I had done, and it wasn't with anyone, I just did this lesson. You get down there and you have to do lessons, lesson 101. And you have to read about God and learn about God and it's like, oh gosh, like... I've done this all my life. I grew up a Catholic. And you get to the end of the first lesson and it says, do you want to learn more about God or do you have more questions about God or do you just want to give your heart to Jesus? And I thought, I can't do another lesson. Man. <laughs> I thought, man, and I've tried everything else. I'm just going to give my heart to Jesus. Let's just try this Jesus thing, hey? And I went out of the classroom because you're allowed to go out the classroom um, for that, no other reason, but I, you know, I went out the classroom and I gave my heart to Jesus and I could feel the power of God and I felt the weight of God, the weight of the world lift off my shoulders and his peace and joy like never before. I did cartwheels across the oval in rehab. 
30 kilometres out of Estrance, the back end of Australia, down the very bottom. But anyway, not long after I got saved, it started to dawn on me, hang on a minute, <laughs> does that mean I'm a born-again Christian now? <laughs> and my heart began to sink a little. And I had to go and find my mentor really quickly. Monique, Monique, are you a born-again Christian? Yes, I am. Does that mean I am too? Yes, you are. And my heart sank a little bit more. <laughs> but I knew without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life and there's no other way to our Heavenly Father except through him. Amen. And as you read your Bible and as you read God's word, that's exactly what happens. You are born again. You are given a different spirit. You are given a new life. You become alive in Christ. You, you get the fullness of God. You become a new creation. You're born again. Yes, we have our birth, our natural birth, but then another birth needs to take place so that we take on the spirit of God. And, that's, and, and you know what? That's okay with me. Now I can proudly say I'm a born-again Pentecostal, speaking in tongues, believer and proud of it. Amen. Don't forget to put it on your census. And, uh, but the Bible says that we are not to be ashamed of the gospel. We are not to be ashamed of the gospel. You know, if people look at my social media account, it's pretty clear that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. It's very clear. If, if people look at my priorities in life, it's pretty clear that I am a follower of Jesus Christ. It's very clear. And it comes down to priorities sometimes in life. We get to choose. We set our own schedule, don't we? You can't just say, Barley's, sorry, not my responsibility, this, 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 this. No, we set our own schedules and we can tell what is a priority in your life by how your life looks. If you look at your priorities, it tells you where you stand with God. If you look at my bank account, it's very clear that I'm a committed follower of Jesus Christ. It's so key, it's so important. The Great Commission and the gift of the Holy Spirit is given for every single believer. Need some water. <laughs> you know, th this year, thank you, you know this year, the word over our church, I don't know if you remember, but I shared at the beginning of the year and the word over our church is that this year would be a year of change. A year of change, that we would see a change in the atmosphere, that we would see a change in our circumstances, a change in our marriages, a change in the way we think, a change in the way we do things, a change in how God even moves in our lives, that we're open to that, a change in our mindsets, a change in our perspectives, that we would see a year of change both in our personal lives and in our church. And, you know, that would look a little differently for each person. And, you know, Jesus didn't always heal people the same way. If you read the Bible, one, one time he, 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 he got spit. <laughs> did, you, did you actually read? Like <laughs> it's hilarious when you read the Bible. You can have so much fun. He got spit. And he rubbed it in dirt and he said to the guy, rub this in your eyes and you will be healed. Another person just had to touch his coat and she was healed. If you remember the lady that he was hemorrhaging, hem whatever that word is, <laughs> that, that, that she ble was bleeding for a very long time. It, the, the, she just had to touch his coat and she was healed. Another time he said to a guy, just pick up your mat and start walking, <laughs> you know. 
Some people are healed instantly. I used to wonder why I had to be four years in rehab. Why, why was such a process for me? You know, some people are touched and set free from drugs and alcohol right there in an instant. And some people have to go through a process. Not my business. Whatever you want to do, God. Okay, here I am. I surrender in Jesus' name. You know, God doesn't care about man-made rules and traditions. He doesn't care. It's not always how we think. He loves to work outside of the box. You know, when Jesus came, he turned the law on its head. He sat with sinners. He turned up the money tables. He was accused of being a drunk and a glutton. He healed on the Sabbath. He came and he moved and he shifted things, didn't he? He, 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 things got pretty messy, didn't it? He, he didn't do things the way people expected, especially the Pharisees. They expected things to be done a certain way, but God had another way. And even the way Jesus came to this earth wasn't how people expected. I mean, even the Jews didn't recognise that he was the Messiah. And if we're going to declare and move in the word that God has given us as a church, then we have to surrender to what he is doing. If we want to see change in our own lives, then we have to surrender to what he is doing. A lot of us want change, and I'm including myself here, but we want change that fits into our little boxes. We want change that we can move and control. We want change that fits into our mindsets. We, we want to see our kids healed and set free, but we want to keep enabling them. We want to see our dreams and goals fulfilled, but we don't want to be disciplined. We want to see our church fulfill its vision and its mission here on this earth, but we have our own agendas and we have our own ideas of how teams should be run, etc. We want a better marriage, but we don't want to do what, it, what, it, what needs to to be done to get a better marriage and sometimes that's counselling, sometimes that's saying I'm sorry, sometimes that's saying please forgive me. We want to lose weight but we want to eat pasta <laughs> three times a week. Give me tortellini, ravioli and spaghetti anytime. <laughs> Mum's got a hand up at the back there. We want what other people have got, but we don't want to do what they did to get there. And we think it's easy for them, but we don't see the sacrifice that they have made. And God requires us to sacrifice. It's not easy street. If we're looking for easy street, it's not on the narrow path. It's not. Matthew chapter 7 verse 13 says, Enter through the narrow gate because the wide gate and broad path is the way that leads to destruction. Nearly everyone chooses that crowded road. The narrow gate and the difficult way leads to eternal life and so few ever find it. We can join the rest of them on the crowded road or we can choose a different way. And that different way will involve sacrifice and sacrifice in different areas, not just one area. <laughs> sacrifice in different areas of our lives. And I'm going to be really honest here this morning. Is that okay? Myself and... I didn't even wait for your answer. <laughs> Myself and Jacob, we pledged uh, an amount last year into our building fund that was way above what we can afford. But we had both heard very clearly from God on separate occasions... I was too scared to tell him my figure and he's too scared to <laughs> tell me the figure he good he got. But a chunk of money came in not that long ago. And you know, I have dreams and plans for my backyard. 
I look out my backyard and I just envision what it will look like one day. And I had plans for this chunk of money. But I knew what God was saying to me. And I knew he wanted me to put it into the church account as part of our building fund. And something broke in me. But that's good. That is good. When something breaks in you, that is good. And as I transferred that money into the church account, I remembered the scripture to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto thee. And I know again without a shadow of the doubt, like I knew when even though I'm a born-again Christian that was the only way, I know without a shadow of a doubt that God will take care of us and one day I'll see. But we first look at his kingdom, we first build his kingdom, we first sow into his house and we don't ever miss out. We cannot outgive God. We never can. Matthew 19, 29 says, For anyone who has left behind their home and property, leaving family, brothers or sisters, mothers or fathers or children for my sake, they'll be repaid a hundred times over and will inherit eternal life. You know, Malcolm only planned to come over here for six months just to help out. That's all. 35 years later, he completes his service at Adult and Teen Challenge, but he only came over to help out for six months. He's got children and grandchildren now in Sydney where he has sacrificed time spent with them. Marjorie has sacrificed over and over and over again and we wouldn't even know about the sacrifices that Marjorie has made and the attacks on her health as well. We all know she's battled cancer. We've journeyed through that with her and other things that we would never know about. But chatting to Marjorie just this week, she said, when I look at you and when I look at Jacob and when I look at all the others that have come through, and she said, you know, they've gone on to get married, to have families, to become uh, nurses, politicians, entrepreneurs, starting their own businesses and so many other things. You know, they've become pastors and preaching and ministry and preaching the gospel. And she said, you know, it is all worth it. It is all worth it. And guaranteed, Malcolm and Marjorie will be repaid a hundred times over and there's rewards waiting in heaven for them as well. Not that we want them to go there just yet because God's still got plans for them here on this earth, amen. And I'm very excited that Malcolm stepped into the treasury position with uh, combined with, uh, partnered with uh, Baptist Financial as well and Malcolm's oversight. He didn't know about all the rest of the stuff Jacob was saying. That was between us, but anyway, no. <laughs> and Mel Malcolm just thinks he's overseeing, which he is, but we're in capable hands. And I'm really excited with what God's got for us in the future. You know, I remember a time when I was having a, f a whinge to Malcolm because I can be a crybaby sometimes. You guys come to me, I go to Malcolm. So when I say I know and I understand, I really do know and I understand. And I was having a whinge to Malcolm and I was telling him about all the things that I've sacrificed. <laughs> I must have been having a bad day. And he said to me, you haven't sacrificed your life yet. It's true. Yeah. No, not another word came out of my mouth. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. I haven't. I haven't sacrificed my life yet and neither have you. And that's why we can keep going and not give up. Mm. That's why you can keep going and not give up. 
because there is one who did sacrifice his life for us and his name is Jesus. The team can come if you like. And he's our example. And you know, Jesus builds his church through the Holy Spirit and fire falls on sacrifice. We read about it with Elijah and Baal. Is it Baal? We read about that. Fire falls on sacrifice. And none of us have sacrificed our lives yet, which means we're still serving Jesus, we're still loving Jesus, we're still sons and daughters in the house, still doing what he's called us to do, still loving each other, still reaching out to the lost, praying, being together, fellowshipping, growth groups, youth group, new Christians. We're all doing our bit and we can't do it though without the Holy Spirit and change starts with us. You know, I had to lay down my own opinions and mindsets about even being a born-again Christian just so I could find the way. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Peter replied, Repent and return to God, and each one of you must be baptised in the name of Jesus, the Anointed One, to have your sins removed. Then you may take hold of the gift of the Holy Spirit, for God's promise of the Holy Spirit is for you and your families for those yet to be born and for everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Everyone, everywhere, every day. For you and your families. And Jesus made a way so that we could live in the fullness of God, so we could be back in relationship with him. And he made a way for us to accept this gift of the Holy Spirit, to interact with the Holy Spirit to walk in its power. You know, my boys had to sacrifice their Xbox so that they could find something new and exciting, something amazing that they didn't even know about. And they loved their... And it was only for a time, mind you. They still play Xbox, but now they ride their bikes too. You know, God's not looking to take everything off us. There's times and seasons and things for everything. And God calls us to sacrifice and on the other side of that are new and exciting things. And some things he'll ask you to lay down for a season and some things he'll ask you to lay down for the rest of your life. But it's important that whatever God's speaking to you, that you're surrendering, that you're sacrificing, that you're offering it to him. And that doesn't mean with these new and exciting things then that it's easy street. There is challenges, there's opposition there's, there's, it, it, it comes with being a, a believer. It comes with the call. It's part of it. There's no way, but it is, a better, it is a better way. It is a better life. And also we get the power to rise above it. And so God promised us a gift and he was good on his promise, promise and he wants us to find that new and exciting life. And the challenge is, is will we step out and do things that we can only do with the Holy Spirit? What's God speaking to your heart today? Would you get hungry for the Holy Spirit? You know, revival comes when there's a hunger, a hunger for God, a hunger for the things of him. And as we take communion this morning, let's thank Jesus for all he's done, that he made a way, that he shed his blood, that his body was broken 
so that we could enter into the fullness of our God. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for who you are, Father God. I thank you for your word, Lord. I thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit, Lord God. And I just pray that, that as individuals and as a church, Lord, that we would begin to, to, to walk in the fullness of what you have for us, Lord. That we would interact with, with your spirit every single day. That we wouldn't just go off and do what we think we should do in our own flesh or in our own plans, but that we continue to surrender ourselves to you Lord God we offer up ourselves as living sacrifices father and we surrender our own plans our own mindsets our own opinions our own wants our own needs even Lord God we surrender it we lay it down and we say do what you have to do today we choose you just while we're in this attitude of prayer, if there's anyone in the building or listening online, if you've not entered into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and I hope I didn't scare you off talking about my born-again experience, but there is no other way, and today could be your day. And so if that's you, I ask that you pray after me. It's a simple prayer. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, and the Bible says you shall be saved. So if you follow after me, church, God, I I thank you that you forgive my sins. I ask that you cleanse me. Today, I choose to make you Lord of my life. I thank you that you died on the cross for me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, we're just going to spend some time, we're going to sing a song and as we do that I invite you to come up and, and grab your communion and sit back down and just spend a moment with God. Is that okay? All right, thank you. Desperate. 